Good morning, guys. Doing good evening. North stream. Go to rate this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Welcome to the bonus episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. The episodes that we couldn't get in in the two hours that is the main podcast. A little bit of a behind-the-scenes thing here. I know I do a lot more behind-the-scenes than many other podcasts or many other radio shows. And I know I try to do more behind-the-scenes on this bonus episode, but when we actually started this episode... um. The recording software OBS, not to be confused with Streamlabs OBS, granted that Streamlabs OBS wants you to confuse them for OBS because they are absolute scum. If you don't know about that story, check out the main podcast. Good, good episode. Actually, I had a guest on for the first time in a long time. But OBS decided to just hang up there for a second and just not record for like the first seven seconds. And it's something that kind of happens sometimes with OBS. But then someone in the chat mentioned, hey, it's a better success rate than speaker, Spreaker. You know what the key difference is between the Spreaker recording software and just using OBS to record? With OBS, I know when something's wrong. I can identify a problem pretty much immediately. The problem with the Spreaker software is that anytime there was a problem, I was left guessing if there's something wrong and it needs to be addressed. That, that is the big reason why I'm glad I'm no longer on the Spreaker system. That and also, you know, the paying $20 a month to have three times as many ads injected as I said I wanted. more ads means more money for you yeah i know that but it's a four minute podcast i don't want two minutes of ads added to a four minute episode that's stupid in that same sort of note though i am actually a little annoyed that um the um the new updated ad program has not rolled out yet on anchor we've been waiting almost a month now for it and i'm not gonna lie i would like to inject you know an ad that isn't me shilling for anchor into these episodes but you know it is what it is someone in chat says just imagine when it went to five minutes of ads on a four minute podcast yeah it seemed like we were on our way. And you know what the worst part is? I in, I only said inject one 30-second ad. In that one 30-second ad slot, they'd put in a minute 20 of ads. And then they'd say, you really should inject a uh, ad break at the end of the podcast, too. Why? Why not just release a podcast that's just me saying, hey, and then put a pre-roll and a post-roll on it? That was pretty much the kind of nonsense that was going on at Spreaker. And to see them still be being, um, you know, still be considered one of the top dogs for, um, for podcasting is still just mind-blowing. Someone in chat says, what about a mid-roll? Fortunately, they did not recommend a mid-roll on the early bird briefing. And they would not force inject a mid-roll. Unlike Twitch, which keeps begging me to force inject mid-rolls whenever they want. Not whenever I want, whenever they want. And no. No. Uh, look, I'm not opposed to ads on a, po on a podcast platform. I'm not even opposed to ads on a streaming platform. But guess what? As the content creator, as the producer as the marketing team for my content, the one-man team that does it all, GIVE ME THE CONTROL! Inject it automatically! No! That's awful! Let me inject the ad while we're waiting on the queue to pop for frickin' leveling duties, or let me... Let me inject the ad while matchmaking's going on. Let me do it while I'm up getting water. Ugh. Speaking of control, Facebook is testing the ability to give more control 
of what shows up in your news feed back to users again. What a concept! The user deciding what do I want to see. What a crazy and novel concept because you know what? Not everyone is the same. I'm, I'm stunned. You mean people have different opinions on what they want to view? People like having choice? In what content they view? And monitoring that choice can let you better serve ads and better serve various tracking cookies? Wow. <laughs> Someone in chat says, no, the algorithm knows what you want. Shush, human. More and more of these large tech companies just. I swear they are run by cyborgs. They are not run by normal human beings. They just continue to just assume that things work in a mechanical way of thinking. And that's just no. Just no. So I would, you know, dare, I would dare say, you know what you have here? For the first time in a long time, Facebook somehow manages to actually improve their platform for the first time in 1,028 years. Do you think I have to explain that Facebook is not actually over a thousand years old? Or is that just, or does the sarcasm just drip from that statement enough? Ah, yes, this is also some, someone in the chat brings up a good point. The fa Facebook has done a good thing. This truly is a sign that we are walking with, with the end. Not just FF14 is predicting that the end is nigh. But the sign that Facebook has done a good thing shows it was as we feared. The respite that we saw was but fleeting. The end draweth nigh. Uh... Man, oh man, oh man. Speaking of other edits to news feeds, Twitter is canceling their support for AMP, which will apparently be retired by the end of the year. AM, so AMP is, yeah, that's, that's a very good question. A, AMP is basically a, protocol that um was developed by google to go ahead and draw automated excerpts from an article very quickly from a from a news article and the fact that pretty much even guys like me went what in the he heck is an amp pretty much tells you everything you need to know about AMP. It was a protocol, it ran on the back end, almost nobody knew what the heck it was, and well, yeah, it's done. It is absolutely done. Also, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say it right now, I am not a fan of uh, the Search Engine Journal, which was one of the main sources for this story. Because just sitting here and talking about this story this long, I got two different pop-ups on top of the frickin' four ads on the side. Also, my ad blocker is blocking 17 other ads.
You know what? Just for funsies. What happens if I disable the ad blocker? What kind of absolute loot monstrous hell hellscape am I looking at? All right, so we have the headline, the subheadline, the banner that is the uh, the story the story headline, an ad the same size as the banner headline, four sentences, an ad block that isn't loading incorrectly, and then another banner ad, then a small excerpt, then another banner ad that's loading it incorrectly. Oh, that's loading incorrectly, I should say. Uh, five lines, another ad banner. And then the rest of the article with a random bad enter put in. Wow, this, this site is loading so poorly. Holy cow. You know, I always do wonder how much judging I get for using ad blo blockers, but this is why right here. Like the page actually loads poorly. Seven sentences, then another ad banner, another seven sen sentence, then another ad banner, and then the remaining five uh, sentences, and then one more giant ad banner at the bottom. Oh, and by the way, this is omitting the fact that... um. The main page is only two thirds the article. And then the entire right side is nothing but ad banners and advertisements to other articles on the thing. Also, also the majority of the ads are for the same thing. So even though the website is in fact for, even though, even though the actual, you know, content site is I'd say three-fifths advertisement they're optimizing the amount of ads they're displaying poorly oh no there's another ad column on the on the right side too yeah no this 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 article is 75% ads and it actually took a Xeon powered workstation with 32 gigabytes of RAM and the 200 megabits per second download speed, almost three minutes to load it all. That's gross. There's trying to earn your keep. There's trying to go ahead and pay the rent. And then there's, you're actually injecting so much advertisement that you are taken away from the experience, and this is just awful. Ugh. Wow. I did not expect to be doing an, a, a rant about ads in the, in the print journalism industry, but holy cow, here we were. Wow. Oh yeah, and then with the ad blocker on, the page load loaded in roughly 10 seconds. Speaking of actual legitimate surprises, surprise! Halo Infinite's multiplayer just suddenly happened. Halo Infinite we're expecting to see in December 8, but Microsoft just kind of said, hey, by the way, the multiplayer is free and it's out now for everyone to enjoy. Go enjoy. Well, okay then. All right. So that's a thing that's out now. The co-op plant, the co-op campaign and other features are going to be coming up down the road. But I mean, if you're looking for a free to play multiplayer experience, assuming that it's not clogged with uh, premium purchases, Could be a nice blast from the past of me getting headshotted and then teabagged. Real talk though, I've had a ton of fun with Halo and Halo 2 and split screen with, with uh with friends. 
Oh man, those were the days. None of us were good at the game. Like we were all awful. But man, it was such a good time. Someone in chat says there's going to be a battle pass and a uh, buy a battle pass level system. Is that actually confirmed or um, is that just speculation? Because I'm not going to lie. I legit have not been paying attention to it. There is a battle pass level system. Okay. Hey, you know, what works for them? I can think of plenty of other freaking um, free-to-play games that end up being absolute dumpster fires all because they decide to go premium purchase models and it ends up being pay-to-win or just flooded with mechanics that just make the game not fun at all. Now, one thing that was also announced that uh, we have to ask, but why? Halo the series will be streaming in 2022 exclusively on Paramount Plus. I I don't I don't know if want or not. <laughs> I have I have so many different, I have so many conflicting opinions about this. Someone in chat asked, what is Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus is a streaming service of just Paramount content. So basically, let's actually just quickly get this out of the way, because this has been a band-aid that's been long overdue to be ripped off. You know how... Everyone was praising the concept of there being multiple different streaming services and this is the way to kill big cable and this is the way you're going to save money. And I said, you foolish fools, you're just going to end up with tons upon tons upon tons of various independent streaming services and you're going to end up paying as much as a cable bill anyway. Well, not to get up in your face and scream, I called it, but I called it! Let's even just round down and say they're all $10 a month, because they're not. They range between 8 and 15 But let's say you want to go ahead and get all the hottest content. Netflix, Hulu, Paramount+, Plus, Disney+, Plus, Apple+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus. Uh, CBS Plus. Probably a dozen more I'm forgetting. Plus. HBO Plus, I'm sure I'm sure I mentioned that or not. You're talking close to $100 just on that alone. Plus, you have to pay your internet bill in the first place. How much are you saving your cable bill again? Yeah. And now it's even worse. Because now there's no central hub to go in and get your content. Before, in the world of cable, you could have at least just brought up the guide and just pan through and find something. Now, if I want to go say, watch Archer, I've got to go remember exactly who has it, then go hunt it down, then go ahead and download the app, then pay the subscription if I haven't already, and then load it up and then wonder, hey, did I pay for this service to have ads or not? Because I don't remember, because, you know, here we go with that. No, every single cable cutter, every single one of you that said this is the best thing, I blame you. Each and every one of you, because 
all of you said that streaming services are the way of the future this is going to be fantastic and great and nothing bad can happen well guess what the absolute chaos that is the content creation era right now is all your fault nothing is centralized you have to go ahead and look to all your friends that are across the pond and wonder hey have you seen that latest episode oh i can't because paramount plus isn't global on the flip side no now now uh all, all my friends over in the uk know exactly how i feel Whenever any one of them asks me, hey, have you seen that latest episode of QI? No. No, I haven't. But I'm sure Alan Davis went ahead and said a stupid thing and lost a whole lot of points because of it. Is QI even still going on for that fact? I have no idea. It probably is and like all the regulars are gone. Someone in chat says, yeah, QI is still going strong. Good. It ain't at Z yet. And and now some of the people who cross on, hey, have you seen the latest episode of QI? No, I haven't actually. Now, with that also being said, Getting back onto the Xbox uh, point. I was ready to rip this story. Because it seemed like the dumbest thing ever. Xbox Cloud Gaming launches on the Xbox Series X and Series S. Ah, fantastic. I can now go ahead and stream all of my Xbox Series S and S games on the cloud. What a useless, frickin' pointless thing. I can go... If I can't get a hold of an Xbox Series X, I can at least play my Xbox Series X games on my Xbox Series X. Well, thank, thank the Lord for that. Wait a minute. That's incredibly stupid. Why? Why is that still the thing? And then my stupid brain didn't realize the last part of that sentence. It says, and Xbox One consoles. That's the important thing, honestly, because let's be perfectly honest. If you already have the cutting edge console, why the heck do you need to stream the cutting edge games on your cutting edge console? It makes no sense. Oh good, I can get Xbox Series X quality on my Xbox Series X. I'd, I'd hope so. I, I, I would hope that's the default. But the important thing is that it's also available on the Xbox One. Which is good because the Xbox Series series is a myth, a legend, something that we tell our kids at night as they go to bed to tell them that one day there could be a new game console, but it's not right now, despite what what the rumors say just like the playstation 5 is also a myth a legend also graphic cards are also a myth they are as rare as unicorns and an in-focus bigfoot shot by the way still the best theory i've heard about about bigfoot is that he's just a creature that, that just exists in a constantly out-of-focus state. That if you see him in real life, he, he's just a blur. I love this theory, and you know what? I am now a believer of Bigfoot, as long as he exists as an actual real-life camera artifact. And finally, before we get to the first break, Microsoft has tried to give Nintendo an actual heart attack.
that's the only way I can look at this story. Microsoft is actually trying to see if they can use words to actually inflict physical pain to Nintendo. For Microsoft Vice, Pres Vice President Phil Spencer, while also contemplating how the heck the situation at Blizzard could get even worse, has said that we need to work together to keep older games alive to a modern audience through... Are you ready for this? To keep the, the audience alive through emulation. No way. Unfortunately, we have not heard word yet from Nintendo if they are able to survive this verbal assault. I imagine they are in the intensive care unit after hearing someone in their industry mention the, the forbidden word. But our thoughts and prayers go out to the swift recovery of every executive at Nintendo to, to pull through and survive hearing the dreaded forbidden word. And then after you get out of the intensive care, care unit and survive this life-threatening injury, can you just listen to them then? Please? It's all we want. I know Nintendo's getting better about it. Granted, the N64 emulation they have on the Switch is sloppy to say the best but this whole concept about just letting the old games die and only allow it to come back once in a while with absolute terrible remasters and reports that end up leading to a worse quality experience than just having bad emulation in the first place just let us have legal emulation. That's all I want. Someone in chat asked, does this mean I get to emulate the Nintendo porn industry? Yes, apparently Nintendo has a porn division that someone made into the... I don't know which acronym that is. It's too early for me to understand the acronyms and I don't want to say something that's going to get me thrown off a platform. Oh, Super Mario Brothers. This made a Super Mario Brothers porn and then Nintendo bought the rights to it. I guess that makes sense. SMD Super Mario Brothers. I don't know. Someone in chat brings up someone in chat brings up a very good point. The classic consoles were a very good tool for that. But the unfortunate thing is that Nintendo pretty much did give like no support to it. They didn't. People found ways to shoehorn in additional games onto the onto the classic consoles, but there was just no additional store for it. Dude, Nintendo. I want you to learn something from from Apple. From Google. It's actually very simple, all right? Step 1. You release the classic consoles with either a decent length cord or a wireless controller. Just saying as a constant product, not a collectible. Because that's what the classic consoles are right now. They are a collectible. And then two, launch a store. You sell the classic consoles at, you know, we'll say a 50% markup. 
That can be a $40, $50 little, little thing. You don't need that much hardware. You know this. They can run on a potato. We will happily buy a Nintendo Classic for 30, 40, 50 bucks. But here's the important thing. Give us a game store and just sell the ROMs for like a dollar or two. And if they're not your in-house games, just make it a 50-50 split and just say, hey, it's no additional work on your end and it's free money. It's free revenue. Yeah, people in chat are saying just even, even five or 10 bucks. Absolutely. I would, here's the thing though. I would still keep the price. I would say maybe $2. Dollar for Nintendo for having the store, do dollar for, for the rights holder. And it's just like, done. It's literally free money for you. You did nothing. We did all the work. We're hosting the servers. GG. Win-win. We don't need to go through. We don't need to remaster everything. Although, granted, the Pixel remaster... Uh, remakes. I'm going to call them remakes because that's what they are. I believe if you look at the core of every single Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, there is not a shred of the original code anywhere in there. They are 100% faithful remakes, and I love them for that. Because the problem with a remaster is that you still have the original game in there somewhere, and then you end up with train wrecks like the FF8 remaster, in which you have these great looking models that are high res, but then the backgrounds are still terrible. But then the, because they're hand painted, what are you going to do? Get more resolution out of a, out of a hand painting? No, no, you're not. Or things like, oh, hey, the background here was originally just, you know, a great hand, pa hand painted back background and everything is still low res because that's what it originally was. That's what a remaster is, and we want to try and complain about that with Final Fantasy VIII Remaster, but and say, no, they should have remastered it better. They should have, but at the same time, that's what a remaster is. It's the original game reported and polished. We can complain that it's like, oh, we, we want to do this, that, or the other thing. Well, that's no longer a remaster. Oddly enough, the pixel remasters aren't a remaster. There's no base. On that same note, too. Theory about the pixel remasters from Square. I do think we're going to get a Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster very soon. Because here's my theory. You know how if you've played the other, the, uh, the earlier games, you've noticed a lot of the FF6 sound effects throughout the whole thing? The FF6 haste sound, the FF6 boss death sounds. There's a lot of FF6 DNA in like every single one of the pixel remasters. I think the pixel remasters originally started as a attempt to remake Final Fantasy VI because its port was the worst of them all onto, the, onto mobile and PC. Its port was by far the worst. I think it started as an FF6 and then decided to expand the project to include the previous five games as well. That's my theory. I have no way to prove this theory until, you know, the makers behind it come out and say, you know, 
and confirm that. Otherwise, it's just that. Just a theory. We're going to take our break here and we come back. Some interesting news in regards to Intel chips as well as an update on GTA and its uh, remaster. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. New bumper for 2022. The boss battle theme from Mystic Quest. If there's one thing that that Mystic Quest is, the, Mystic Quest is like a game that like a whole lot of people dislike because it's just so easy and so basic and tries to have the name Final Fantasy. But man, its soundtrack is just top notch. And Grant, obviously this is a remix. This specific remix was done by... There's no way I'm gonna pronounce it, but the, the, the username who uh, put this out for all to use goes by the name SSCHAFI1 on YouTube. Does actually a lot of um of of remixes. Actually, did the uh, some of the remixes we did for twenty twenty one as well. Mystic Quest is still one of those games I need to play at one of these points. It's just unfortunate it was one that I never had on the on the Super Nintendo. I don't know why. There's a lot of various RPGs on the Super Nintendo I need to play. Ch Chad is already judging me. Judgment is being passed. Hey, let's pass judgment on uh, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the, the definitive edition PC. It is back on the shelves. It's back. Let's get some terminology right. GTA The Trilogy, The Definitive Edition. This is absolutely under no circumstances. The Definitive Edition. This is more The Defective Edition. It's safer to call GTA The Trilogy a remaster of the series. Because it, it it is very clear that the original code is down there. But the... AI-powered algorithms and whatnot that they passed over this to clean it up, it broke everything. And then the end result that was compiled also is just awful. Uh, but there is still problems within the whole thing. There's, there's still, uh, it's, it's still, just, just don't. I don't care how much you uh, really liked Grand Theft Auto 1, 2, and 3. Just don't. Go, go get it literally any other way than through this remaster. Unless you're a modder. Because if there's one thing that PC gamers know is that the moment there is... Oh, I'm sorry. Someone just corrected me. The, tr the, it's not even one, two, and three. It's just three vice city and San Andreas. So it's just GTA three, three different ways. Can you tell I'm not a GTA fan? Well, the game's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it was just like, eh, it's just not my cup of tea. It's not. And the fact that we've had GTA 5 for, for the past 87 years says a lot. But PC modders are already working to fix the rain effect within GTA, GTA The Definitive Edition. Like, apparently within the game, the effect they had for rain 
made pretty much every single raindrop visible at all times. It basically made look a, made it look like a drizzle was a downpour. Like there's no, like if you saw the level of rain that was in the game in real life, you would not go outside. You would just stay indoors. Oh yeah, that's a monsoon. Let's just not. <laughs> Someone in chat calls it milky rain. He's out of line, but he's right. Modders have already gone through and made it much more tolerable and make it look much more realistic. So the, the actual community calls it Milky Rain. Oh man. So the modding community community has looked at the GTA trilogy and said challenge accepted. And thus we'll have to wait and see. Can they fix it? Or will this all eventually just devolve into having Thomas the Tank Engine roll down all the streets? Oh, who am I kidding? Someone's already made a mod to have uh, Thomas the Tank Engine go down every street. It's already happened. Speaking of games that, that are modded, um, this game seems like it came from the factory launch uh, modded. Warner's Brothers have officially announced Multiverses, which is basically um, Western cartoons, um, Super Smash Brothers. I, uh, I'm not gonna lie, um, I'm not sure what to think about this. Really, the, there's only one redeeming factor in this whole thing. The whole thing seems kind of just meh. But it does give us on the internet one thing. It successfully gives us Validation for every single Super Saiyan Shaggy meme. Because Shaggy isn't from Scooby-Doo is in fact a fighter in this game. So at least we have given validation to all of that. Let's see if there's, let me quickly see if this article actually has a list of the characters. So far the characters in this game include Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Bugs Bunny from Looney Tunes, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, Jake the Dog from Adventure Time, Finn the Human from Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Garnet from Steven Universe, Tom and Jerry, who are apparently one character, and Rhine Dog, an original character for multi... Okay, well, no one cares about that. And the characters are all voiced. Uh, people are apparently really excited for Matthew... Uh, Lillard for voicing sh uh, Shaggy. I'm not gonna lie. I recognize like none of these games or not, not none of these I, and none of these uh, actor names. I am awful with celebrity names. 99% of the time you mention a celebrity name <laughs> way over my head and I look like a like a dingus. But then there's just occasionally just like, oh, hey, it's Key from Key and Peele. Oh, sh <laughs> yeah. Someone in chat who I assume knows more about this than I do says that a lot of the OG voice actors appear to be VAs on this. Awesome. Fan freaking tacit. Honestly, the game doesn't look like the game looks like it could be better. I want to be proven wrong. I want to see this actually be good. I really, really do. I want to see this be a hit because I, I just want to see something in the gaming universe that is popular, that is not Fortnite, that is not a mobile gotcha game, or is just a predatory piece of nonsense that's going to be shoved down my throat until time stops. 
Just give me anything. Anything. It's also why I'm super excited that Final Fantasy XIV is becoming so freaking popular. That and also, let's be perfectly honest, in the Final Fantasy world, we... We've been getting a kick in, in the kidney quite a lot lately. Final Fantasy XIII. Oh, well, uh... Well, that bit coming off uh, FF12. Final Fantasy XIV when it first launched. Oh, God. Oh, no. What nightmare has been blighted upon this planet? Final Fantasy XV when it launched. Oh, boy band. Okay. And that's all we got for like eight years, excluding... Excluding side stories. Like, they were okay games. Like, solid six, sevens out of tens. But man, we've been getting beaten down. The FF7 remake was like the first time in a while that there was like actual meat for us to enjoy. But in the end, it's just a retelling of a previously beloved game. It wasn't anything new to sink into. You know, until um, the stench of Final Fantasy XIV's launch finally wore off. And then the, a lot of us, including myself, kind of looked back and went like, wait. What is that? That looks like fun. That's the game everyone said was terrible? And then honestly, I'm not gonna even gonna lie. If you haven't yet, take a look at the at the behind the scenes of FF1 or FF14 1.0 to 2.0 to 3.0. It is stunning the dedication that team had to salvaging that dumpster fire. This the story of of. Final Fantasy XIV's team led by Yoshi P. It has restored my faith in a large chunk of humanity. Like, holy cow. In fact, here's a fun one for you. I'm not sure how many people realize this. When they finally got approval to do A Realm Reborn, they were working on the nuking of Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 while patching Final Fantasy XIV 1.0. They had a chunk of their team dedicated to build, to saving the game, building up good faith with the community, while simultaneously the majority of the team was working on making a brand new freaking Final Fantasy XIV 1.0. And the 1.0 team was just basically making it canon that the world was being nuked. All the while pushing themselves to the limits, pushing themselves to the breaking point, trying to, trying to save this game. And it's easy to say without a doubt, they succeeded. They absolutely succeeded. It is insane. All right, we're talking about tech news, aren't we? So yeah, Warner Brothers making a weird game. Tech Media is announcing that they're gonna have a four nanometer SOC soon, TM. But here's the reason why I'm bringing this up. They're talking about like, oh great, it's gonna be the first world's TSMC four nanometer 5G SOC. Hey, that's cool and all. But if there's one thing that Intel has taught us, the nanometers really don't matter. They don't matter nearly as much as they did previously. We are once again kind of seeing a repeat of what we saw back in 2004 and five. It's not the clock speed that matters. It's how you use it. 
It's not the nanometers that matters. It's how you use it. A 10 nanometer process kicking the butt of a 7 nanometer process going toe to toe with a 5 nanometer process. Is this power efficient? No. But that's the lesson to take. Cool, you're gonna have the first four nanometer process. We are very quickly seeing nanometers becoming the new gigahertz. Better number is not better. It, it once again comes down to the benchmarks. Always keep that in mind. Speaking of Intel, their latest 12, 12th generation processors are going to be coming to mobile. And here's what I want to know. What is the power consumption? The desktop versions of these 12th generation processors were uh, subpar, to say the least. They could have been much, much, much better. And unfortunately, they, they weren't. They, they sucked power. Even with the efficiency and performance core model. So now that you're scaling it down and now that you actually are caring about your power consumption, because that's important, how efficient is Intel's first generation big little process? This is gonna be a very, very important thing to measure. And what's already being shown is that leaked benchmarks are saying that the 12800H is 25% faster than its competitor, the Ryzen 5800H. Faster is great and all, but in a laptop, performance per watt is king. Let's be honest, as much as we love to go down to a LAN party, whip out your 20 pound laptop, plug in your two power bricks and just absolutely scream performance. It is irrelevant. If your battery life without the outlet is 17 seconds. A laptop in the end is only as good as it can last on battery. Because in the end, not everywhere has a power outlet. Meanwhile, the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro are going to be getting an update soon to improve the fingerprint reader. So, the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro, most people have been focusing on A, its camera, B, the fact that Google appears to be paid $5 every time they were, use the word inclusive whenever talking about their cameras. That is the only conclusion I can come to to tote about their color accuracy. Look, I love the fact that the camera is much more color accurate. Color accuracy is very important when it comes to a camera. But holy cow, you guys sound silly saying it's the most inclusive camera. You, you once again sound like a Blizzard PR statement. And I'm not going to lie, the, the, the fewer things in my life that sound like a Blizzard PR statement, the more sane I'm going to remain. But one thing that kind of slipped under the radar is the fact that the fingerprint reader under the screen is apparently absolutely awful. <laughs> Someone in chat says, look, it has, it has male and female camera parts in equal parts. Okay. Real quick, for those who don't know, um, the whole thing with the inclusivity features of the camera is the fact that it picks up skin tones more accurately. 
those who are of darker skin color on cameras before would show up, you know, a couple shades off. Those who are Caucasian would be a, would be a couple shades lighter. I mean, you can already tell just on this cruddy camera if you're watching this live or watching me at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon, my skin tone shows up a couple shades lighter. Depending on if depending on how the camera feels, it might just blow out my cheeks entirely and be whiter than the sun if you stare if you stare directly at it. Sometimes people would look more pink than a lobster as someone just said in the chat. Exactly. The Pixel camera is supposed to be much more accurate when it comes to skin tones and thus being marketed as the most inclusive camera ever. Again, it, it's, it's great. Great feature. Fantastic for vloggers. But can we just please not sound like a PR statement? I feel like I'm being like, maybe it's just me. And maybe it's just the fact that I go ahead and just keep having to go ahead and read PR statements over and over and over and over and over and over again. But anytime I hear the word inclusive or diverse or anything like that, I feel like I'm being lectured. And I feel like a lot of... Uh, of people who read these sort of things do feel like they're being lectured every time they hear that. <laughs> uh, but in any case, the fingerprint reader was apparently bad. There's been a software update to make it better. We'll see if it makes it more accurate, if not. That being said, however, meanwhile in Intel land, a new security flaw has hit low powered chips specifically the Pentiums, the Atoms, and the Celerons. Someone in the chat actually back on the whole thing on the cameras pretty much nailed it. It's pretty much what I've been begging for this whole time. Just, just say fix it. So fixing the diverse or inclusivity for its own sake is fine, but ultimately the end result is more accurate. Market the color accuracy. A shirt's purple. Just look, camera, make it look purple instead of. Actually, in this case, the camera actually does make it look very, very purple. It actually is color accurate. But there's like a couple of, of my Twitch shirts that makes it look more blue than purple. By the way, Logitech, still waiting for you to innovate in your cameras. I got a feeling I'm going to wait until the day I die, or you die, one of the two. But new low-powered chips are hit by a security flaw from Intel. Now, granted, this security flaw doesn't mean a whole lot. It does mean that eventually these chips are going to end up being patched, and that's going to be the problem. Hacks are possible on these low-powered devices, yes. But here's the real problem. Eventually going to get patched and eventually going to lose performance. And you already don't have a lot of performance to lose on an Intel Atom. You don't have a whole lot of performance on a Pentium or a Celeron in the first place. So losing performance on a two and a half watt chip. Yeah, that's a problem. That could be a very, very big problem. That could be a device ender in certain products. So I'll have to just wait and see. Meanwhile, in Russia, they blew up a satellite, which created a whole bunch of, uh, which created a debris cloud in space. Yep, that's what we needed. While we have plenty of activists on YouTube right now, taking a, uh, active role in trying to clean up the ocean both in just raw manual labor and in supporting projects like solar powered garbage collecting stations on right outside of rivers Russia's just like yeah let's pollute space lol 
space is big. We can just dump stuff out there. You know, whatever. I mean, granted, Russia's not wrong. There's no way we can ever pollute space enough. Space is way bigger than the entire planet of Earth. But come on, can we just not? Can we not just like, oh, I don't know. Not blow up satellites and have most of the debris just orbit around in space or worse yet end up being caught in US the Earth's gravitational field and end up becoming a could you imagine if the Oh my lord, could you imagine if the Earth ended up having a ring like Saturn just made up of garbage? Oh That would really make me depressed. That would be absolutely awful. And then of course there's who knows how much of that debris would end up falling to earth, burn up and then become who knows what in the atmosphere as some people in chat said as well. But I mean, those are perfectly good solar panels we could have used for anything. Plenty of metal, silicon. For crying out loud, we're having a hard enough. We're, we're freaking trying to go ahead and just put together scrapyard laptops so we have something to put on the shelves for people to use. Soy materials in that satellite, and now it's just debris floating in space. Uh, I am greatly disappointed in that. But you know what? Let's end on a positive note. Are you ready to end on a positive note? I'm ready to end on the best positive note all week. Fortnite is no longer available in China. That's it, boys. We did it. Let's pop the champagne. Everything's everything good and cheeky now. Woo! All right, three cheers, everyone. Happy trails. We can go home and... <laughs> Someone in the chat says, ah, oh, dang it. China's getting features and we don't. <laughs> Man, now, now all of us here in the US and Canada know exactly how our brethren across the pond feel when uh, we get features over here in, in North America for various tech companies and they don't. But then again, our friends across the pond have QI and we get... The Cardassians. Uh, I'm depressed again. All right. So, so what exactly happened? Apparently, the developer that was going to publish Fortnite in China, um, apparently, well, they got hosed by the crackdowns against online game addiction, and decided, well, that's it. We're done. So, if the option is either live in a world where Fortnite exists or live in a world where the video game restrictions that exist in China exist, you know what? I think I'll just tolerate the existence of Fortnite instead. I don't really feel like being regulated to uh, only be allowed 30 minutes of video game time on a weekday. That just doesn't seem like a ton of fun. Folks, that's going to do it for this extra episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing or for hanging out in the live chat when we recorded this one. I don't know if we're going to keep doing uh, these bonus episodes live or not, but considering the fact that the subscriber function on Spreaker seems to be greatly restricted as to where you can get it, uh, until we find a better solution, um, live seems like a smart way to go. Take care, and I hope you have a great day.